0: Well, hello, Bible love listeners. We are here with you, Alan and I. Um, No guests today, just our two bright shining faces. And we are so thrilled to begin, begin our Thursday with you all. Let us pray. Our merciful heavenly father, you have graciously offered us life. Let us not be dull and undiscerning. Let us not be wicked and unbelieving. Rather, let us choose wisely and believe in your only Son, whom you sent from heaven, who died on the cross for our sakes, that we might live. O Lord, may we never reject the love of such a great Savior. May our hearts always trust him and love him. May our lips always confess that Jesus is Lord with our voice singing his praises forever and ever. Amen.
1: Amen. So we are, yeah, yeah, we're doing today, continuing through Deuteronomy. Um, this is a part of Deuteronomy 27 through 30 is what we're going to get to. Deuteronomy 30 has a verse we'll get to that was alluded to in your prayer, and it's one that everyone knows. And mm-hmm. we can talk about how it gets used and misused, maybe when we get there, mm-hmm. um, or how it gets co-opted, maybe is language to use for that. But 28, 29, it's, it's something we know, I think, and it's something that the blessings and curses of the consequences of faithfulness or unfaithfulness. You know, we talked about this at the end of Leviticus um, because there's a similar thing there where the result of faithfulness or unfaithfulness is either blessings or consequences, curses. We have it again. And then this kind of thinking spills over into the new Testament, right? Where someone asked Jesus who sent so that this man was born blind there because something happened is why this person's blind and kind of that thinking that that worldview um was prevalent right in the ancient near east it's not just you know jewish folks thinking that it was kind of prevalent modern science wasn't a thing and study of wind patterns and weather patterns and so people are trying to figure it out but it all traces back here to the deuteronomy and moses god through moses setting before people here are two that's choices. Always
0: us. You know, like the, the warning on the shampoo bottle is there for a reason, right? Because somebody did something that somebody shouldn't do. And I think that's a great example. Um, and I think that's what's happening is God is just sort of laying out all the things that could be possible or that have happened or whatever. So that it is just crystal, crystal clear what is, you know, what God's thinking is around this, right? Um, Because there are a lot of curses that we talk, that we read about today um, in 27. And it goes, I mean, it's called the 12 curses, right? Um, and, And there is a tiny bit about blessings, but then it goes right back into the warnings, right? So there's just, it's just sort of jammed packed with more curses and warnings than the blessings, um, at least that's my reading. Is that your reading?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're they're just trying to figure out, and it even switches. Right? And we can talk about that when we get to a verse that talks about do these things, or else one of these two things will happen. And then it kind of switches tense from future to past because you did this. Either of these, so they're they're just trying to figure out with why are there consequences? Why why do we have a good harvest one year? Why do we not? right? Why do we win one war and we lose another? And they're trying to trace it back and they're trying to make sense of the world around them. Um, And it's a reminder, I think God through Moses is, is trying to remind folks that throughout it all, right? Hope, if you're faithful, things will work out ultimately. You may not always have a good harvest. You may not always win a war, but the covenant will remain intact and you will always be my people. Yeah,
0: I I think about too, like, also, like, this was the first of the people setting up this covenant. And God knew there would be people that came generations and generations and generations after that, you know, and and God needed to do it right, right? It needed to be done well so that we in 2021 and those in 3031 would understand, you know, that this is a covenant and it's really important and these things matter.
1: Yeah. And I think with that, you know, a couple of things that stick out to me in 27, you know, we can start to read here and then I'm going to skip around in a little bit. Um, you know, then Moses and the elders charged all the people as follows. Keep the entire commandment that I'm commanding you today on the day you cross over from the Jordan into the land. Cause this is like the final pep rally, right? Mm-hmm. They're about to go into the land of milk and honey comes right here that's biblical we hear that the promised land flowing with milk and honey then you skip to number nine uh, to verse nine says this very day you have become the people of the lord and so there's this idea we've talked about these are god's chosen people we've talked about their special relationship moses god through moses is marking this day You're about to go into this place that the Lord has promised us. This very day, you become the people of the Lord. But you skip to the 29, 14. Then it says, I'm making this covenant sworn by an oath, not only with you who stand with us today, but also with those who are not here with us. Mm -hmm. So that's where my mind goes when you talk about people living in 30, 31, right? from the onset Moses is here pep rally rallying everyone to we're about to go into the promised land. Today we're becoming God's people today. The covenant is, is continuing, but it's not just for us. It's for those people yet to come.
0: Yeah. And you know what that makes me think about too, is like specifically in the Episcopal church, but I'm sure there are other denominations that do this. We often do the renewal of things. And we also, you know, our liturgy is pretty much the same every week. And sometimes people might think that like gets rote or whatever, but to me, like I need that reminder of that covenant. I'm I'm with God in with God. I, I need the Eucharist every week. I need to renew my baptismal vows on certain days of the year. Um, I, in the in my eight thirty service, we say the um, Ten Commandments every Sunday, and I had a, one time I forgot it, and I had a parishioner say, "You forgot the laws," and I was like, "You're right, I did. I I need to have that. Um, it's important, and it's so interesting to me that all these generations later, these things still stand so true. You know, and. Yeah. Moses pointed it out that this would happen, you know, and that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, But then we get to the hard part of this section where um, God says, if you obey the Lord, your God, diligently observing his commandments, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed Blessed be the fruit of your loom, fruit of your ground, the fruit of your livestock, so, like fecund, right? Like fertility, fruitfulness, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, blessed when you go out, blessed when you come in. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you, um, to be defeated. The Lord will command blessing upon you, all of these things if you will only obey the Lord. Again, but and there's this I need to find this Instagrammer guy. I can't remember his name. Um, but he's um A comedian, but a Christian. And one of the things he parodies is preachers. Mm -hmm. Right. Like and he's evangelical. And so it's, you know, not like we Episcopalian preachers who are pretty boring. uh, at least I am. But he's what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, so he parodies the people that have personality. Um, and one of the things he talks about is when a preacher gets stuck on a word. Mm -hmm. And one of them in particular is about getting stuck on the word but like (laughs) when you see the word but in the Bible. Yeah. Like it's a change of perspective, and like there's truth there. Yeah. Right? but the way he says he's like, that's a big butt.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's just funny.
0: Yeah. I so you clear, see that? Share that guy with me. I need to follow him on Instagram. I
1: will. I'll find him. Yeah. And so this twenty-eight fifteen. That's a big butt.
0: Yeah, it's a big butt.
1: But if if you will not obey the Lord, then all these curses shall come upon you, and then it's exactly parallel. Cursed will you be in the city and in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your ground, all of it. These things that if we just obey, everything's blessings.
0: Yeah, so that's really but, problematic, right?
1: Yeah, uh, that is problematic because I try to obey um, and I my life is not 100% blessings.
0: Right, and and what about those people that like come and see you in your office, and they're like, "I've tried to live this really good life, I've you know blah blah blah, and now I have a cancer diagnosis, or I you know blah blah blah. Why is God doing this to me?" You know that question has happened. i thought that question, even though I yeah. know that's bad theology. Like I have thought the question
1: because it's in the Bible, right? Right, and if we read these words, it's hard for us to disconnect, and there's nuance there, but it's written down yeah blessed are you if you do this cursed are you if you do that
0: but the good news is jesus 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 right and and i think that if we only get caught up and we don't connect these two that's when we get problematic and in trouble you know um, I don't think it's picking and choosing a God we want to believe in a God. I I, I think that the two are so married. They have to work together or it doesn't work. Yeah. Can't wrap our little minds around that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was doing some reading about Deuteronomy in general and came upon a thing like, you know, we talk about, we have talked about this and we read it as if Moses is like writing in a journal, right? Dear diary today, this happened. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Right. This was written generations beyond. Right. right? And so the scholars kind of the consensus is it was written in the seventh century right. BCE. And that's when the Israelites were in a lot of trouble. And so this was written in a time when King and Josiah
0: a long time after Moses.
1: Yeah. A long time after Moses, number one. And so this is oral tradition. Right. And it's written to a people who are in a state of crisis. Right. Like their their world is falling apart. And so the people who are writing this down, the people who are trying to to formalize this oral tradition, they're writing in a place where they want blessing. Right? Their life seems to be full of curses. And so they're trying to figure out. And so some of it is, you know, editorial license maybe, but some of it is remembering God that? told this to Moses. Moses told this to our ancestors, and our ancestors have shared it with us. And so it's kind of the cyclical nature that We just try to make sense of it, right? Like,
0: Well, I think there's so many barriers that could come in the way, too, of making sense of it. I mean, I'm thinking about translation as well. It was written in a completely different language than what we're reading it in now. And so, yeah, I think there's tons of barriers. And I think you're so right. Just how do we make sense of it the best we can? And if someone came in and was like, talking to me about their cancer diagnosis and quoted Deuteronomy 28 to me, I'd be like, I, I hear you. That's there. I understand. But I also think I would have to say that this is why we love Jesus. This is why Jesus died for us. And those, like we were talking about a minute ago, they we have to try to understand and we have to connect the two because they don't work without each other. Or that's what we believe as Christians, at least that yeah. we, re- we really need both.
1: Yeah. And I think, right, like a farmer who has a bad crop, they don't necessarily, maybe they do. Um, I just haven't experienced it as much. They don't have a preacher who says it's because you didn't pray enough.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: We understand it was a dry season or maybe there was an infestation of bugs, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when we get to cursed be the fruit of your womb, there are women, couples for whom fertility is an issue and there are too many stories of people saying you need to pray. Yeah. Right, and prayer works. Like prayer is effective. Right, but there are also valid reasons, tragic reasons. Scientific. Why? <laughs> scientific reasons, right? And it's not just it's not not just it's not because a man and a woman or a person's not praying enough, but that's one place that when I read this, some of these other things, like what does it mean for your city to be blessed and all that? But when we start talking about the fruit of your womb, fertility is an area where I think pastors often really, really screw up.
0: Yeah. You know, I was reading this, um, novel the other day and, um, it was two sisters and one, um, was married with a husband, um, Wanted to have children, had tried fertility, all the fertility things forever, and what it was was she has endometriosis, so she literally could not carry the child, and was, you know, screaming to God, you know, what, you know, so upset. And her sister, who was single, was able to carry the child for her, and I couldn't help but think what a blessing in that all that sadness that these two women could give to each other, you know. One that had never been pregnant. She wasn't even married, hadn't been pregnant before, hadn't experienced any of that, but wanted to give this gift to her sister, you know? And so I think if we can think through things in that way, where, where are the blessings in all of this, that that does help. Because I guarantee you, and most, almost every tragic story I've ever heard of, and it might be years later, there is some blessing that comes out of it. And that's God's hand to me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Is where do we see a couple things there? One is prayer is powerful, and don't hear me say we shouldn't pray for things because (laughs) there are, you know, because there are couples who are experiencing infertility that they do pray, and then science or a miracle, I don't know. We can't explain it, but sometimes. But then I think of, so that's there, but then finding the blessings, you know, when tragedy happens. When a hurricane comes to New Orleans, right? Or when civility breaks down in Afghanistan and whatever. There are people, some people who are on TV a lot, who say this is God's judgment, mm-hmm. or this is God's plan, or this is because X, Y, and Z. I really, really struggle with that because I don't think God causes any of that. Right. Right. God works through all of it, right? God, so yes, we will find a blessing. And I've seen firsthand blessings in the midst of hurricanes. I've seen blessings in the midst of, in the aftermath of mass shootings. I've seen blessings in the, we all have. God didn't cause my friends to get murdered so that God could do something. But in the suffering of my friends being murdered, God was able to do this. And so that's another place that we we find those blessings like you were talking about. But we can't fall into the trap of thinking God causes like these curses, right? Like it's not, I don't know. You're totally right. I'm not not God, and so I'm not going to say what God's figured out, but I don't believe in a God that causes that stuff.
0: I don't either. I don't either. And I'm, again, so grateful we got Jesus. (laughs) Um, Should we talk about chapter 30 just a little bit? Yeah,
1: let's get to 30. Yeah, and so here, you know, when all these things have happened to you, the blessings and the curses that I have set before you. And so that, even here, even in the midst of setting up a dichotomy of if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, you'll be cursed. 30 almost seems to presume that both are going to live together. Mm -hmm. When all these things have happened to you, the blessings and the curses. So I read that as good things are going to happen, bad things are going to happen. And if you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, and return to the Lord your God. And you and your children obey him with all your heart and all your mind. You know, the Lord your God will restore you, or restore the fortunes and have compassion on you, gathering you again from all the peoples among whom the Lord your God has scattered you. Again, Deuteronomy was written when people were scattered, right? The kingdoms were were um separated and there was so they they had a longing to be reunified. And so you can read in that a seventh century BCE longing for something that the story of Moses and the people who are waiting to go in the promised land are dealing with. And so they're talking about where I see that is they want to be reunited. They want to have that return. Um, And so Moses through God or God through Moses is saying, remember that in the midst of the blessings and the curses through all of it, return to God and God will be there. I mean, that's, that's the covenant, right? Like God is going to be there. We have to hold up our bit. And even when we stray, right? Even when we do knuckleheaded stuff, we have to return. That word return there is what's also translated repent, right? Repent's not some magic word that means something crazy. It means to return. And when we do that, God is there holding up God's end of the covenant.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where the prayer part becomes so essential because that's our repenting, our returning, our being in conversation with God in that way. Or if it's listening to the Bible Love podcast, if it's reading a, a whatever it is, you know, um, I think we just get so busy in what we're doing and we forget that important part to be in relationship with God. So maybe that's going to be my question this week. I'm going to be um, taking next week off and um, heading to Idaho to celebrate my mom and her 70th birthday. And I'm excited to have a little time off, but I'm also thinking about like, how can I use that time when I'm in this beautiful part of the country and the scenery is so gorgeous and I'm with my favorite people in the world, you know, of, Really, returning to God and saying, "Let's be in more relationship," you know, because the day gets fast here. You know, we're going and we're going and we're going. And I do pray all day, but I need more intentionality in that time. Um, So maybe when I'm looking out in the mountains, I'll I'll work on that. What about you, Alan? Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, lots of thoughts. Um, You know, I think here. And we've talked about this before, but here in 30, you start in 12, start in verse 12. It's not in heaven that you should go and say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea to the other side for us? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. So kind of with that is, you know, sometimes I think we think the Bible is something out there. We need someone to help us understand it, which that's true sometimes, or we think it's some magic thing that like has to be in reverence and, you know, and we're guilty of this, right? Like when we read the gospel, we do it from a gold-plated book and we do it surrounded by fire and like, there's this pageantry with it and that's good. But the word is not just in that gold-plated book that a special person who gets to wear a stole reads. The word is very near to us. Right. And we talked about this with Bishop Brian. We've talked about this with other people. How do we recognize and how do we keep the word very near to us? In Deuteronomy, they were commanded to like put it on their forehead right, and like have it there. And so how do we practice doing that? And maybe that's the Bible app um, that we've used to where you don't even have to carry around a big book. You carry around the thing that has everything else in your life in it mm-hmm. and you read the scripture or whatever that practice looks like for you and so for me i think um that's what i'll be thinking about is how do i keep the word near to me
0: what what's your practice now do you do morning prayer in the morning do you, do you i do- try to okay
1: yeah i try to i do the podcast um morning at the office mm-hmm. it's forward movement i'll link to it in the show notes great um, trying to yeah,
0: see, giving people some, some ways to do that, you know, um. Yeah,
1: and there's, and I'll, you know, and there's the Bible app that we've used. There's, um, dwell, yeah. D W E L L. It's a Bible app, but it's all audio and it's got some beautiful narration and all of that. I'll put a link to that as well. Um, cause yeah, the day does get really fast. And so I have to start, you know, I walk my dog every day. Um, and so doing that before I get to my audio books or whatever, I'll do morning prayer. Yeah. Um, I'll try. Some days I don't. Right. Like some days I'm the worst Christian in the world and don't read my Bible or don't sit down and try to pray because I figured out. But how do I repent of that, which is return and re-engage that relationship? Yeah. yeah I mean, I set up things to try to help me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I love morning prayer too. Um, and I think that it's a wonderful thing, but, um, it's sometimes too long for me to get through. And so the prayers for individuals and families I do every morning. Um, and then I've really enjoyed the Bible app. Um, I found some other plans in that, that have been, um, really good for me. There was one I did, um, I think I've told most people in my life that I suffer from anxiety and um, there's one um, in there from anxiety to peace. And all it was, was biblical scripture about anxiety and how we can sort of shift that. Um, It was really, really, really good. Um, I also read um, forward movements day by day, every day. Maybe we can link that. I'm just trying to think of like some practical things for people. If you don't have this repentance, if you don't have this prayer time, these rituals, these things that bring you closer to God, how can we help you as, as the Bible love team um, reach that? And, you know, you can always email us or write um, on our Facebook page. Um, we have a lot of resources and we'd love to share them.
1: Yeah. And that makes me think, you know, this, the end of, of chapter 30 is this verse that everyone.
0: Right. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live loving the Lord, your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. Yeah. And so we hear choose life so that you may live. Right. And it gets used in a lot of different ways. Um, it gets abused in a lot of different ways. And we have to think about what it means for God to set before us life and death, blessings and curses. Like some of it is we do have some autonomy to choose the way we go. Mm -hmm. And I think of people struggling with addictions. They are presented every day with life and death. And for folks in recovery, they are choosing life right? Because if they make a different choice, then things spiral and, and whatever. Or what's the first thing you pick up in the phone? Do you do the Bible app or do you go to Twitter? Right. That's literally choosing life or doom right. scrolling, right. right? And it's not just, I'm choosing before you life and death. And so it's either a pro-life or, pro-life or a pro-choice argument, but right. right? that's somewhere that verse gets abused. Right. It's how do we pattern our life? How do we prepare ourselves to be able to choose life and not
0: and goodness death. and graciousness and a loving god yeah. all of those things that we are choosing and i think that helps with our attitude of the day and how we present ourselves throughout the day and so i think you and i choose to read this in a different way than maybe some other people have and and that we choose joy we choose love we choose god um, we choose Jesus Christ. We choose each other. We choose people around us that want that goodness and grace and a life full of love and not something else. All right, listeners, we love you. We're so grateful that you were with us today. But What we want you to know most of all is that God loves you.